And I'm going to tell you now before I get started, oh, by the way, thank you for the offering. Thank you so much. From the bottom of our hearts, we do thank you. I pray that I give back to you like you give to me. I pray for you. You don't always see that or hear it, but I do. Um, but before we get started this morning, we're going to probably pray different at the end of the service. I really don't know what the Holy Ghost is going to do this morning. I know that I've been working on this thing with, you know, who is running your life, does the Holy Spirit have you, and I thought we were going there until this week God started working something else. Thought it was for me, found out I guess it's for you because I'm giving it out this morning. And I want you to know before I get started, I did not come here this morning to hurt anyone or to antagonize anyone. The purpose of this message this morning, this is what the Lord gave me. The purpose of this message this morning is so that we can be taught. For those that need to hear the warning, need to take heed to the warning. And for those Others, it's so they know how to teach, know how to witness, know how to pass on on these subjects that we're going to cover this morning. That's what it's for. And we're going to get into what the scripture is. I gave Ken in a list this morning. I think he's still got cramps in his hands from writing them down. I would advise you on these subjects, if you would like to be able to lead someone else, to be able to answer those questions that they may have or may not have, Get your pencil out and write them down. Uh, the message will be put online. I think Pastor Charlie gets it done probably tomorrow, I guess, or sometime this week. If you want to rehear it. Um, I don't know if it would be any good to give you notes because my notes are like, I can't even follow my notes other than the scriptures. So I wanted to get that out of the way before we get started this morning. But this message is to edify. Now edification, I always used to think about edification as making me feel good and special and happy. That's not the whole message of edification, is it? Anybody know? Edification means to lift up. It's not just to make someone feel good, but it also means to equip, to instruct, or benefit, especially Morally and spiritually. That's what edification means. So it has a twofold meaning. It can make you feel light on your heels and, and just want to praise God and feel great. And it can also get you to a place that you're sitting and doing a lot of hard thinking. You're letting the Lord do His work. But it's learning. So in order to edify, as the pastor this is what this is this morning, is to edify, to teach, to understand, to show what the scripture has to say. And when you take it in, you take it out and give it out. Amen. Well, we got about a hundred or so folks here this morning, so that reaches another hundred people. And if that goes out, that's another two hundred people. Before long, that word gets out and it makes a difference, right? Does God's word make a difference? Is it still the most powerful thing in the world? The blood of Jesus still saves. The blood of Jesus can still heal. If God says it, it's so. Ain't nobody going to stop it. If it's in the word, it can't be changed. 
It says what it says. It is what it is. It is God's word, and it is all power and all authority. Amen. So, amen. That'll be fine. Give the Lord some glory this morning. We're sitting here in our nation this morning, and we're facing what I'm going to call why we're facing woes in America. When you see woe in the Bible, take notice because it probably ain't going to be all that great. Before I say this, remember that it does rain on the just and the unjust. It will rain on the just and the unjust. Those days have happened. They're here now. They're going to be here tomorrow because it's in the Word of God. And he says it rains on the just and the unjust. But America is facing some woes this morning. And woes usually mean God is trying to get you back. Not necessarily, I would say, the wrath maybe, but God has his way of saying, I've got to get your attention and focus back to me. Well, if we have to do that, then that means our attention and focus got away. Now, when I say us, I ain't pointing at you. If it, if it hits you hard, then probably the Holy Ghost is doing a work on your heart right now. If it ain't you, then you could say amen and say, yeah, I get it. I know what's going on here. Because he did it all through the Bible, didn't he? He got his ways of getting people back. And that means that for the most part, the nation has gone astray. We're facing troubled times in Isaiah 5 and 21. Hey, that worked. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, and sweet for bitter. Now that tells us something, don't it? There's a woe coming to those who like to call things good bad and bad good. It's getting mixed up, turned around, upside down, shaken, not how it's supposed to be, not, a, not what God's Word teaches us, the morals of our nation, the morals that's going on all around us, it tells us that we don't have a clue. Not, when I say we, don't take it personal. Unless you need to. If you need to, then it's got to edify you. It's got to go in, it's got to take root, and it's got to grow. Amen? We okay with that? So don't take it personal. I just, I don't, I don't have the best verbiage, I guess. But we can call bittersweet and sweet bitter. Something's good and when it's not good. Something's not good when it is good. We do these kinds of things. In Deuteronomy 30 and 19, I call heaven and earth as, as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. Choose life that you may live. What's the opposite of that? Don't choose it, that you may die. That's exactly what it says. But not only that, we have a little semicolon there. So you choose life that you may live, and your descendants may live. They're going to go down to verse 20. Choose life that you may love the Lord your God. See, if you don't choose life, then there's no way to love the Lord your God. If you don't love the Lord your God, the Bible doesn't do anything for us. 
The Holy Spirit doesn't do anything for us. He's not there if we don't love God. So you choose life, therefore, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey His voice. Last Sunday night, we was ready to cut out. It was just kind of like a regular door holdrum service Sunday night, and the Lord just spoke to me while I was praying and said, Don't stop. And I'm thinking in my body, I'm like, you know, I'm thirsty. I'm tired. But I didn't stop. I said, no, we need to do some more praying. I didn't know what to say, what to do. All I know is about 35 or 40 minutes later, somebody broke through. So that we can hear his voice if we choose life. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know what God had in store, but he did. And thank God that we listened to him. Because if I had dismissed the service, we just shook hands, talked about the work this week, what happened last week, and went home. But something else was in store, and so that we may obey his voice. You see, sometimes we can hear God's voice. That little voice, remember I told you about it last week. Choose life for the next one, that you may, and that you may cling to him. You see, if we choose life, if we choose the life of God, when we choose Jesus, that we may cling to him. We can hang on to him. In the troubled times, we can hang on to him. When somebody's telling us an untruth, we can hang on to him who is the truth. So that we may cling to him is what this is saying. For he is your life and your strength of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. You see, he said choose life. You see, we're free to choose anything. You are free to choose anything. But the one thing you ain't free to choose is the consequences that comes with the choice. That's going to come. And God gives it to us in the word, some of those consequences that are going to come if we choose poorly. You see, America has gotten on a place that it ain't heading in the right direction, is it? How long has this been going on? 20 years, 30 years, 50 years, 200 years, 1,000? Oh, America went around 1,000 years ago. Better in the 80s than now. All right. Let's dig a little bit deeper than the 80s if we may. Hang in there. In 1947, law was passed that stopped or banned pastors from teaching the Bible at schools, clergy. 1947. There's a few of you was probably teenagers then. A lot of us wouldn't hear then. Wouldn't even have thought then. My daddy was three years old in 1947. They kept on preaching, but something must have happened. They kept on teaching, but they didn't, weren't allowed to do it in schools. They may have in some, but eventually it took over. Listen to the history lesson. Listen to the history lesson. In 1947, as a nation, it was allowed to happen that clergy can't teach the Bible in schools. B. 
Big cities probably called it before we did here in the country. But it came, didn't it? Didn't it come? Mm-hmm. That means that hits in about every lifetime here. Mr. Hensley, you probably, you was in your 20s by then, but most everybody else, probably teenagers or less. I don't know your age, but it's, it's not important. It's ironic that in 1948, Israel became a nation again. One year after this happened. I can't tell you this something prophetic, but I can tell you this is what history shows and dictates. On June the 25th, 1962, what happened? Prayer was banned from schools. Took it 15 years from the time that we decided we didn't want to learn about God, didn't want our children learning about God. Not everybody did. Remember, it rains on the just and the unjust. It's time that we speak out about some things. Not saying it didn't happen then. I'm not here to cast blame at no one, but here is the history lesson. We got it all through the Old Testament. The history lessons when woes came, God went back and pointed out some things. And as a nation, and as a church, as a body of believers, we got a duty. So in 1962, prayer was banned in schools. One year later, in 1963, they banned the reading of the Bible in public schools. Now, you couldn't teach it. Now, we don't even want you reading it. But also, in that same year, they made it legal to teach evolution. Now, evolution, if you don't know what that is, says that it's just a blob somewhere, and boop, it showed up, and life has been progressing ever since then. We were monkeys, according to evolution, before we became people. What happened to the stupid monkeys that didn't turn into people? They're still here. Pardon my words. I mean, it probably wouldn't right. I said it that way, but come on, man. How do you, where do we get that kind of thinking? If we came from monkeys, there shouldn't be any monkeys left, just fossils. Right? But we said you're not going to read the Bible because that means when you go to evolution, evolution gets away from talking about God. You don't have to answer if there's no deity. Oh, I'm talking about something this morning that's going on in America and it's happening today and it's alive and well. We like what we like, how we like it and don't care what nobody else says. Right? Shake the head, throw the hip out and do all that stuff. It's my world, I live in it, and you want to live in my world, you better get on board with my world. But the Bible shows us another thing. We like to pick and choose from the scriptures and the things that we want. But somewhere along there, we decided that it was okay as a nation. You might not have, and I might not have, I still don't. But as a nation, we said we want to teach evolution, we don't want to know about God. Do you see the progression that's been going on? Ten years later, in January the 22nd, 1973, anybody know what that date represents? Roe versus Wade. Abortion was made legal in the United States of America 43 years ago from right now. So we would say there was something seriously spiritually wrong in 1973. It sure was, but it didn't start there. 
it goes back to 19, at least 1947. I mean, this, you know, prostitution and abortion and things like that's been going on, I guess, since the beginning of time. They'd give people chemicals. I mean, they got legislation in the 1800s in this nation where they'd give chemicals to help abort babies. Hey, you ladies that are having babies, thank you for not aborting your babies. Raise them up and let them be something for Jesus. Can't afford it. You know what? You ain't never going to afford anything unless you just do it. Having babies and getting married, just do it. Yeah. Well, I'm done. <laughs> Come on up. You got it. <laughs> you know what I meant. That preacher's up there preaching something backwards. Well, you know, we're in the night 2000s, right? <laughs> but 43 years ago, abortion was made legal, and they started keeping records. Four in ten pregnancies are aborted each year. That's 1.2 million each year, or 3,288 babies per day are murdered in this nation. We've been praying, oh, Lord, send us a good leader. Send us a good leader. Look what we got. I don't know what your affiliation is, and I really don't care. But we got nothing to pick from as a leader. That ought to tell us something. The answer don't lie there. The answer lies in Jesus. The answer lies in God. That's exactly what it ought to tell us. Send all your email to Pastor Charlie. He'll be taking all those emails about this and the phone calls. I'll give you his number. 1.2 million babies a year are murdered in this nation. Since 1973, approximately 60 million unborn children have been murdered. You hear what I said? Murdered. Remember what I said when I started out? I am not here to antagonize anyone. I can tell you this. It don't matter where you walked at. Jesus Christ can come in and save you and turn your life around and take the pain away. He can take the guilt away. He can do every bit of that. Because we all got some decisions that ain't been good. But I'm talking about how America changed. You know, it's, it's weird that if you crush an egg of a bald eagle, you'll get charged $5,000 fine and up to a year in jail. But you kill a baby and it's fine as frog hair. Somebody explain that one to me. We had an incident happen here recently with an ape and a little boy. Man made a mistake, but the point is, it's a sad day in American history or in world history when an animal, and I love animals, I eat them. <laughs> and if I'm not going to eat them, I let them live. I'm not going to just do it to be doing it, and I'm teaching my children that. But my point is, it's a sad day in America when we choose, and listen to all the junk's been going on, when we choose the life of an animal over a human being, there is something wrong. It started in 1947 because we quit learning about God. Then we started what, liking what we liked about God, not liking what we don't like about God. We started weighing it in the balance and doing all these kinds of things. I'm going to ask this question, is a baby a life? Yes. There are some that say that it's a blob. 
but it's not. It's a life. In Leviticus 17 and 11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. When mom and dad got together and the egg and the sperm came together and a baby is, is started, there's blood there. Before she ever knows she's pregnant, there's blood. It's done being embedded into the... Help me out here, sweetie. It's done being embedded into the uterus and it's starting to grow. This is her specialty. This is what sweetie knows. But it's a life. It's a life. And we take and we... Our, our nation takes, and those that are pushing for certain agendas and things like that, they take and they like to tweak words. They like to bend them around and make them what they want them to be to use. But let me tell you something. It's a life. Because did you know that a mama can give birth to a baby that has a different blood type than her? So, it is a life. It is an individual life. Did you know something else they figured out in the last 25 years? That baby has got different DNA than mama. There's some similarities there, so they know who they're kin to, but the DNA is its and it's alone. It has its own fingerprints and thumbprints. There's none like them. It is a life. It's a single life. In Psalms 39 and 13, for you formed, for you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. No, no, not, not me. Say it to you about yourself. You need to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nobody else like you. God made you how he wanted you, and he's going to use you how he wants you. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. You hadn't even started taking shape till God knew all about you, what you was going to be like, the color of your hair, color your eyeballs, how tall you was going to be, how short you was going to be. He knew it all. He already knew it before you, were, uh, before you were yet formed. And in your book, they were all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there was none of them. I hadn't lived a day yet, but God already wrote it out. You're special. Pat yourself on the back, because you are special. And I don't understand for the life of me. Why? Our nation says we can kill babies and we're still having that issue. Something's going on right here. The reason it's going on right here because there ain't nothing right here. That's what's happening. In Jeremiah 1 and 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you before you were born. I sanctified you. He hadn't been born, he'd been sanctified. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. He was ordained before he was ever born. Kayla, you ever wonder what your baby's going to be? Don't you just looking forward to seeing how that's going to turn out, that turn of events, how it's going to go? It is a journey. And God chose you for that special baby. And he knows by name 
He knew it before it ever started happening. He just started writing the book. And I want to thank you for having a baby. Letting the Lord lead you. Amen. In Luke 1 and 41, and it happened when Elizabeth heard the, the greeting of Mary that the babe leapt in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. You remember that scene? She walks into the room. Mary goes to see her. And she speaks. And John the Baptist is in, is in Elizabeth's belly and all of a sudden he jumps. Because he was in the presence of the Lord. That's what was going on. Was he an individual or was he just a part of her? He is an individual. She didn't jump, he did. The Bible doesn't say nothing about her jumping. He jumped and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. That's what the Bible tells us. And so he jumped. He jumped and this word babe is called brephos in, in, the, in the Greek, which means an infant or a child. And this is the same word in Luke 18 and 15. They also brought infants to him when they brought the, baby, the children to Jesus that he might touch them, but when the disciples saw it, they rebuked him. That same word used as infants and babe back in the other one is the same word. We like to use words called embryo and fetus today. That's so we can get everybody all mixed up. Do you know what the word fetus is? It's Latin for child. But it's just a fetus. Don't you just, oh, don't they just crawl under your skin? Get these talking heads on the news stations and give them 15 seconds to get it in and they go, well, it's just a fetus. You reach over and smack them sometimes. I, I told you the Holy Ghost don't always got me. That's not Jesus. But you want to pound them on the head and say, get it. That just goes to show the ignorance of the world has overcome so many. Why? Because they don't have God. Stuff don't get pulled over on your eyes when the Holy Ghost is leading you. When He is calling the shots and leading you in your life, you can understand what is good and what ain't good. You can figure it out. Or He'll drive you to do this and do some studying. I don't have time to study. Well, maybe you need the Holy Ghost in your life to push you to the place of study. Ken, you just said that, didn't you? It's Latin for a child, his fetus. You see, we're all in this continual process. This baby came about as it was, right? Ryan, stand up, would you, son, and stand there for a minute? Quit talking during church, boy. No, keep standing. I, I'm just funning him, guys. He, he wouldn't. And I'm not going to get my buddy to stand up because he's got some work to do here. You can stand if you, if you feel like it. Come on up. Just for a minute. You want me to stand up? If you would. Yeah, Thank you. Fine. This is my partner in crime right here. <laughs> now, these two fellas are different, ain't they? One's tall, one's short. One's younger and one's older. But they are a child of God. Y'all can sit. Thank you. You see, they're in a different stage of life. All, all your birthday is is you just got another stage. At some point, you was a baby in your mama's womb. At some point, you couldn't do anything for yourself except your mama took care of you. And now look at you. 91 years later, but he's just... He's on another stage. Whether he was two weeks old in his mama's womb or where he's 91 in four months, five months. And Ryan is the same way. It's just a different stage of life. It's a different stage of life. 
And they both are loved by Jesus. And one's smarter than the other one in certain areas, and the other one's smarter than the other one in certain areas. See, we don't put each other down because of age. We're children of God. We're just different. But we are in the progression and the stage of this life. That's my opinion on it. I think the Bible's teaching that. Can I get an amen if you agree? Proverbs 6 and 16 and 17. We'll read the two verses, parts of them. These things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and the next one we're going to stop at, hands that shed innocent blood. It's an abomination before God Almighty. Remember what the golden rule is? Let's apply that if we can for a minute. Matthew 7 and 12. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, also do to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Not treat them how they treated you. They didn't answer. They didn't speak to me. They didn't. Well, I ain't doing it to them. That's not what the Bible teaches. You do how you want to be done. What about the golden rule for the child that's inside the mother? What about that life that is there? Do we go and we ask the mother, do you want to be murdered? No? Well, then don't murder the baby. Do we go to the doctor and say, do you want to get locked into a room and have some chemicals poured in on you until you die? No? Well, then don't you kill that baby. That's the golden rule. That applies to everything, but it really applies to this. You see... Abortion is a big business, a huge business, 1.2 million. You know how health care cost is, right? Can you imagine the money that's getting raked in, killing babies? Brothers and sisters, if I was to go over here and ask Eddie if, if, if for $1,000 if he'd go kill Jesse, they'd throw me in jail because that is murder for hire. And anything else, this right here is nothing more than murder for hire. Murder for hire. I don't like this person. I don't like this. It's going to mess my life up. Come on, what's going on in people's heads? This is going to mess my life up? Somebody needs to have some Jesus up in them to understand it ain't going to mess your life up. They are a blessing from God. Babies are a blessing from God. These children are a blessing from God. And he gives them to us as a gift and we take care of them and we nurture them and we grow them up and we teach them his ways. They are a blessing from God. And how dare anybody sit here and tell me that I'm saying something wrong whenever I'm not allowed to go out and hire somebody to kill some dude that don't like me but I can go out and hire somebody to kill an innocent unborn baby. What is wrong with America today? What is wrong? I'll tell you what happened. In 1947, we decided as a nation, we don't want you anymore, God. We want some pieces of you. We want to figure out how to manipulate you and make some money. You know, send me some seed so I can sow into my need. Oh, you got a need? Give me $10 and you'll get this much of a need. You got a bigger need? Send me 1000 and I'll get you. You'll have this big of a need. 
When you hear junk like that, I advise you to turn it off. Because it ain't out of the Bible. Oh. Ah, thank you, Jesus. It's a business. Just another way to make some money. It's a business that most people say, well, this is the way I can keep some money so I ain't got to feed it. I ain't got to buy diapers and food. I ain't got to worry about college. Those are the most of the ideals that come whenever they don't want them. Either it's mom and dad says, we don't want you because you, you, uh, you shouldn't have been with that boy and that ain't coming into our family, or vice versa. The parents of the boy say, oh, you was with that trash? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Am I talking truth this morning? Ain't that what happens? America has lost her way. Deuteronomy 27 and 25, I'm going to help you with what I just preached about. Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person and all the people shout amen. That's what the Bible says, amen. Hello, that's what the Bible said and all the people shout amen. amen. We have to follow what it says, folks. We have to follow, and you're in here, ain't nobody going to look weird at you if you shout amen, you're in church. You do it in Walmart later on this afternoon, they're going to stare at you. Do it anyway if the Holy Spirit leads you there. Shout amen and give God some glory. Pray for somebody right in the middle of Walmart. Let them know that I care. Let them know I'm going to be praying for you. It can happen there. It don't have to happen in some other place. That's what's wrong with America today. We've been crawled under the rock. Afraid somebody's going to notice it's because we're a Christian. We sit around the water cooler at work and we listen to people talk how they want and tell all the jokes and the things that they want and we step by and sometimes we'll go tee-hee-hee because we thought it was funny. Rather than standing up and saying, I'm not going to listen to it. I'm going to walk away. You shut up, one or the other. Oh, but you can't say shut up. Sure you can. I mean, if we can kill babies, can't you say shut up? I mean, you see what I'm talking about? Our warped thinking, the warped thinking of America. Wow, it's unbelievable. People say, well, what about incest and rape? Anybody ever heard of the lady by the name of Ethel Waters? She was a gospel singer. She sang at the Billy Graham Crusades. Blessed a lot of people. The pregnancy that she came from was from rape. So who has the right to tell her you're not allowed to be born so that you can bless people and God can use you? Anybody answer me that one? All righty. You all ain't never coming back again or you're soaking it in. Take notes. These are the things that we combat with. You're being armed this morning. You're being edified. Do you feel edified? Okay. Some say, well, there might be some kind of birth defect or some kind of deformity. Let me ask you this. Just how perfect do you got to be to be able to be born? Oh, that one could go for the church. We could preach that one, just how perfect you got to be before you can be born again. That's why I said I'm not here to antagonize anyone. I don't care what you've done from this day forward. Your life can be different. Maybe you're, maybe you're pregnant and you're thinking about it. I don't know why God puts this on my heart. Don't everybody start looking at the young girls or the guys for that matter. I'm giving you something to think about. I'm giving you something to use. And I'm going to get off of this bandwagon here in just a minute. Man, I've got two more subjects to cover. Can I do it real quick? I'm gonna, I will. Well, I choose not to have this baby. Dear lady, 
you already got a baby, the choice you're going to make is whether it's going to be alive or dead. But you already got a baby. That happened when you broke the other commandment. Maybe it wasn't broke commandment. It don't have to be. Families go the same route. Mainly they're unwed. Two more subjects I want to hit real quick, if I may. Is that okay? If not, I'll stop. We're on. On Friday, January the 26th, 2015, the Supreme Court ruled that same-sex marriage was to be legal in all 50 states. Less than a year ago from today, President Obama called the lead plaintiff and said, I just want to say congratulations. Your leadership has changed the country. Boy, he was right there. Americans should be very proud because small acts of courage has made the entire country realize that love is love. That same evening, our White House was bathed in the colors of a rainbow, something God had used as a sign in in Genesis 9. You can read in Genesis 9. He said, this will be a sign for the covenant I am making with the earth and all flesh that I will not destroy it with the waters of floods. Something that God had brought in has been perverted and nobody seems to care. Nobody seems to be irate about it. Nobody seems to be standing up and saying, wait a minute, you shouldn't be doing this because this is what God gave as a covenant. If you'll go to Revelation 4 and 3, you'll find out that the throne of God has a rainbow around it. Is the devil trying to slap us in the face? And what are we doing? Laying down and taking it. We have to stand up and fight. We have to stand up and tell people what the truth is. And they need to know this. President Obama issued a directive on May the 13th, 2016, directing schools across this nation to provide transgender students to access to suitable facilities, including bathrooms and locker rooms. Students we're talking about here. They have to provide these for them that match their chosen gender identity and not the gender on the birth certificate. And guess what is going to make it go through? The age-old thing. If you don't comply, we're going to take your money. And you watch and see what I'm telling you. They're going to comply. Because ain't nobody going to let those them greenbacks. They will comply. I hate to say it. I pray that I'm wrong. That started in 1947. That's where it started, I believe. Probably before then, but that's the big turning point in American history. Well, just what does God say about that? Leviticus 18.22 And you shall not lie with a male as a woman. This is an abomination. In Leviticus 20 and 13, write these down. If a man lies with a male... As he lies with a woman, both of them are committed in a, have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. How did we get to this place that we are? Romans, 18, uh, Romans 1, 18 through 28. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against the ungodliness of the unrighteous men who suppress the truth of unri- in, in unrighteousness. In unrighteousness, we like to suppress the truth. That's what happens. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. 
For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Do you know the world is without excuse today when they look at a tree or a leaf of grass or a grasshopper or a cow or a dog or anything else that this world is about? He says, that's enough for me to condemn you. I am God. I created it is what he's saying. They're without excuse because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. Boy, are we there in America today. Nor are we thankful, but became futile in our thoughts. We don't think right. And their foolish hearts were darkened. You get dark and don't take the truth whenever you got a foolish heart and don't want to hear what God has to say. Uh, we want to apply it to the things that we want. We want to not apply it over here, but we want to apply it over here. We want it to go for Bob, but we don't want it to go for John. And, you know, we got all these things going on. Professing to be wise, they became fools. That's what the Bible says. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image unto incorruptible, corruptible creatures or man. Birds of four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their, own, their bodies among themselves. You see, whenever you don't want God, God quits showing up. When you don't want God, God's not going to show you right and wrong. When you don't want God, all these things go on. When you don't want God, you have people that will believe this way and ones that will believe this way and they'll fight to the death over it, trying to believe over the same thing. When you don't have God, this is what happens. This is what the Scripture's telling us. And He said He'll turn them over to this thing. Who exchanged the truth for God for a lie? What's the lie? The lie. Notice it says the lie. Whatever it is that is not truth with, the, with God. You will exchange that for the lie. And worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator. Who is blessed forever and amen. What does that say? We love me more than I love God. I'm the creature. He's the creator. That's why we're so selfish. That's why we have this going on in America today. It started a whole generation ago. 69 years ago, it got on the roll. I'm almost done. For this reason, God gave them over to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what was against nature. That's what you would call lesbians. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of the error which was due. And even as they did not... Now, this is the big one. This is why... I, there's some scriptures in between uh, that go on here. This is why I don't, I don't go down a lot of the gossip roads and things like that. Because even as they did not retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do the things which are not fitting. You go on down and read that toward the end and it says that you will like the things, you, you don't have a problem with those that are doing it. That's a dangerous place to be. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Do you not know that the unrighteousness Will not, that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Did you hear, let me read. Did you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor rivalers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. That's what it says. It's pretty plain, isn't it? And such were some of you. Now here's where it comes good. And such were some of you. 
It doesn't matter where you're at right now. It doesn't matter what's happened. If you haven't turned your life over to Jesus Christ, that can change. He said, and such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and the Spirit of our God. That's what it says. He can change it. And what can we do about it? Here's what we can do about it. Learn what you learned today. Take it out to the world. The Lord will open up the doors if we're willing to share what we know, what the Scripture says. If we sit on our thumbs and do nothing, it was definitely going to rain on the just and the unjust. i got a Scripture to go with that one there. We, are, we should be informed with what's going on. We need to know what's happening in, in, in this world. We need to know what God's Word is having to say because He says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. Hosea 4 and 6. We need to teach sexual morality in the church and in the home. Youth leaders, Ken and Alicia, that's your job. Moms and dads, don't get mad if they start teaching about what sexual immorality is and sexual morality according to what the Bible has to say because your babies need to know it. Therefore, they can make these informed decisions. Therefore, they can have God working inside of them. They're going to teach about what the Bible says about sexual immorality and transgender and homosexual relationships. There are people that say this is not the place of the Christians or the church. I'm going to finish up right here. I beg to differ with you in Isaiah 51 and 8, 58 and 1. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell the people their transgressions. If it's not our job, then whose is it? This is what's written in the Word. It's our job to tell people what is sin and what isn't. It's our job to make it known. We cannot change them, but we are to tell it. In Proverbs 24, 11, deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, or does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps our soul, your soul, does he not know it? And he will not enter, and will he not, and will he not render to each man according to his deeds? It's time that we speak up. It's time that we speak up at Walmart and on the street. It's time we speak up at the water cooler in the office. It's time we speak up over at the garage. It's time we speak up at the dinner table. It's time that we speak up and proclaim the word of God and say, Thus saith the Lord. And we can't do that if we don't know what the word says. We need to know what the word says. We need to have the Holy Ghost leading us and telling us this is what needs to be said. And we don't need to be ashamed. We don't need to sit back and be afraid because the spirit of fear did not come from God Almighty. It came from hell and he wants to keep us scared. He wants to keep us down and for 69 years the people of this nation have been kept down because they're afraid, because they're not speaking out, because I'm going to tell you something that the word of God would not return unto him void. Whenever we tell people about Jesus, whenever we tell people about sin, there's something's going to happen in their life and we don't do it if we don't believe it. And I don't make any apologies for telling you right now today. I am pro-life. I am anti-gay and I am anti-transgender. And I say it without apology. And I stand by it. Why? Because my Lord in His Word says so. And that's where we stand. Are we ready for trouble to come? All you can haters, just tell somebody to go to huddlesoncogop.org and let them, and there'll be trouble coming. I can tell you now. 
We need to be praying for our nation. I know it's 10 after. I didn't mean to go this long. I hope you forgive me. It's every week. It is what it is, right? <laughs> and I wonder if we can just as a, as a room, just stand right now where you're at. If you feel like coming to the altar, you need something from Jesus, oh, by all means, come. We'll stay here all day if we got to. But I want to encourage you now. We got prayer requests to fill up. I want to encourage you now. Let's be praying for our nation. Not only just pray for the nation, pray, Lord, use me. You were saved for a reason. Lord, use me.